As this book is focusing on experiences, both ours and those of others, it's going to get cosy between us. We'll be constantly drawing on things that have happened to us throughout our lives so far. The good, the bad, the totally fucking disastrous, and what we've learned from them. But first, we wanted to give you a little synopsis of our individual journeys, as well as how we helped each other and how connecting with our bloody delightful community online has had a huge impact on our lives. So, if you'll indulge us. How we met. We were 19, and probably too ready to grow up and begin living our very adult lives in Plymouth at university. If you believe in fate, you could say it stepped in and ensured that we both chosen to move to Plymouth, because that's clearly where all big dreams begin. That's sarcasm, by the way. No, we can't read sarcasm either. We were thrown together, along with a bunch of other students, into the accommodation building we affectionately called Disco Heights. Neither of us can remember our exact meeting, as it was during Freshers' Week, that whirlwind time of running in and out of flats, meeting too many new people and generally feeling shit-scared and out of place, but never admitting that to anyone. Within about a week of living in Disco Heights, we'd already become glued to each other's side. And in between occasional lectures and heavy drinking, we spent the next few years hiding in each other's rooms from the harsh reality of actually being at uni. This was all before either of us knew we were neurodivergent. But looking back... The signs were there. We both tried painfully hard to live the standard first year of uni experience, but it was pretty obvious that we didn't enjoy it. We'd buy tickets for club nights, arrive and both eventually feel so overwhelmed that we'd either sneak off home together to sit and chat in one of our rooms or take to the smoking area where we'd find space and air. Now we'd have the language to say, I'm overstimulated here, but back then... We had to seek out other ways to feel even a little bit comfortable in the many situations we found awkward. We planned quieter nights out to grungy pubs where we could dress down and feel more like ourselves. It was a hard time for us both financially. We couldn't afford new outfits or to go out all the time like some of the people around us could. Instead, we'd go to Starbucks as a treat to try to make the best of a shitty situation. We were lucky to have each other, But the reality is that a lot of our time in Plymouth was hard. A huge amount of that was down to both of us not knowing we were neurodivergent. That big fucking truck was heading our way and would hit us in a decade's time. And it really did cause a lot of chaos. Jess. Ah, what are we supposed to be doing again? Back when I was at school in the 2000s, my teachers were often completely oblivious to the fact that I'd stopped listening to what they were saying way before the task was set. I wasn't loud or disruptive, but staring out of the window or even just getting lost in my own thoughts, absorbed by whatever I was obsessed with at that time, was pretty standard for me. If I hadn't managed to find out from a friend, I'd quite often leave class racked with anxiety knowing that I'd been told what homework to do next, but had zero idea what it actually was. Despite this, my desperate need to please every person I came into contact with meant that I managed to get results that satisfied teachers, even if it meant sobbing in the early hours before a project was due to be handed in that I'd forgotten about. Funnily enough, I didn't end up in detention once throughout my entire school career. 
I had coping mechanisms before I realised they were coping mechanisms and a support system that many people don't have access to. I'm super close to my mum. She's also, in my eyes, clearly autistic and, as a result, knew exactly how to validate and comfort me. Like me, she didn't know she was neurodivergent, but she's very self-aware and emotionally intelligent and knew instinctively what I needed. I'm eternally grateful for her support, but ironically, I imagine it contributed to some of my struggles because it delayed me learning coping strategies for myself. I didn't feel different in the way I've heard so many people in our community talk about. I just felt not enough, consistently, consistently. 